When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith, and I'm a liar. We're going back to back, like Jordan 96, 97. I lied to everybody yesterday. I said Nick was not going to be on the show today. But to everybody's surprise, it is a Faribault Friday here on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Episode 102 of Steelers Afternoon Drive. Nick, what's going on, pal? Yeah, what's going on, man? Um, happy to be back, of course, as always. Um, it's, it's a good time to be back, obviously, a massive game tomorrow. Basically, if they lose, the season's over. Um, and then if they win, everybody's going to be talking about playoffs again. And as mm-hmm. if a week afterwards, they weren't just talking about the destruction of the entire franchise. Um, so <laughs> right. I am ready, though, to actually legitimately just watch them play football again. I am tired of these nine days of Steelers way discourse, George Pickens' attitude and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Um I'm ready to watch them play another game of football to see how they respond from that. Um, I think it's, I think the long week has exacerbated a lot of this discourse. So I'm ready to just talk about actually what in the world the Colts do, which has been like the one thing no one has talked about this week. Right. Yeah. Uh, to your points, uh, we talked yesterday about how this has, it's a playoff game, really 58% chance uh, if they win, that they will make the playoffs 12%. It drops all the way to 12% Nick, if they do not win this game for them to make the playoffs. So yeah, very important game tomorrow for the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Indy to take on to the Colts. One thing that we haven't touched on really. And to your point, a lot of people not really talked about the matchup itself that much this week. I want to talk about the Colts offense and how they match up against the Steelers defense. Uh, we'll get into some like keys of the game and then do predictions, of course. But yesterday we kind of talked about, you know, Gardner Minshew, his, you can, you can get 
him to turn the football over. You know, you have High Smith, you have Watt. Those guys are able to get uh, to him. Gardner Minshew did give you opportunities to take the football away. Mm-hmm. What we really didn't touch on, despite not having Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, who was obviously their go-to guy at the beginning of the year before they got the Jonathan Taylor contract situation, everything figured out, has been very, very, very much serviceable for them in that backfield. And, you know, how does that matchup stack up? They also got some really good players in the perimeter, and Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce is a deep ball threat that Mike Tomlin spoke very highly of, how they, you know, kind of scouted him when he was coming out in the process. And then another guy that the Steelers probably had their eyes on this past uh, draft and Josh Downs, who's been very serviceable for them as well and seems to have a good connection with Gardner Minshew. So, Nick, wherever you want to start with this Colts offense and how they match up against the Steelers defense, let's get into it. First of all, that run game has not been very good recently. Um, yeah. I, I'd like to, when we're talking about teams, I like to take them in, in five-week chunks. Um, usually that paints a better picture. I think that like that was the picture that you could look at where you could say the Cardinals were a more dangerous team. The Patriots mm-hmm. shouldn't have been. That was a bad loss, no matter how you kind of brought that up. But this team is not running the ball well at all. Now, you, you look at their season with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor, they're averaging about 111 yards per game. So that would put them, I believe, at 16th. So they're a dead average offense. They're one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL over the last five weeks. They're averaging just about 80 yards uh, per game. It is, I think, the fifth worst in that span. They are not running this ball well at all. That plays into the Steelers' hands a little bit, um, I think. When they've been able to slow down run games, they've generally been able to do a decent job, but that brings up another issue, which is I think that they can get the Colts into third and longs, and can they get home? Um, can they cover? I think that's the mm-hmm. that's the big thing. One, first of all, they can't let Zach Moss continue, you know, run the ball well. I think that's the first thing. And generally, early in games, that has not been an issue. Even when Connor and Elliott have gotten going, Elliott got going in the passing game. Connor didn't get going till Elena Roberts got hurt and went out of the game. Um, so mm-hmm. generally, recently, we have not seen the run game of opposing teams be a huge issue. Um, it has been maybe big runs here or there, but the Browns didn't run the ball very well against them. The Bengals didn't do anything against them. And the Packers had one big run. Um, from A.J. Dillon, so it, it has not really been a big thing um, for them. The passing game is a different story, and Zach Moss can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can do some different things. I think that's where he becomes an issue, but I think this the secondary is the key, um, and more importantly, the linebackers. Can you get good play out of your linebacking core um, to really make sure that you don't have guys going off? I don't think they have a tight end that scares you this week. You know, Kylan Granson, Drew Ogletree, Mo Alley Cox, and Will Mallory are their tight ends. Um, they don't really have a Hunter Henry Blake player. They don't have a Trey McBride. But Michael Pittman can act like that. And so can they make sure that they don't get these guys into bad matchups? Um, can they make sure that they don't get beat to the flat? They don't get pick routes. Um, these are a really good group of receivers. I really like these Colts receivers. I like Michael Pittman. He's been on a tear recently. He's been playing at a very high mm-hmm. Um, Josh Downs is coming into his own as a nice player. Alec Pierce is a really good down the field threat, can really run. I think that's something to worry about. Um, Downs and Pierce can really can really scoot. Um, and the Steelers secondary is non-athletic. We've we've talked about that a lot. Um, when I've been yeah. on just how unathletic this team really is. And that is 100 percent something I think. That definitely worries me in this game uh, if we're looking at it from that. So I think there's a few different ways you can look at it. I also just think, though, another big thing is 
this is not a very good offensive line right now. Um, without Braden Smith, no Braden Smith. Yep, they have been beaten by pass rushers in recent weeks. They have been struggling against top pass rushers. Like this should be a pretty good game for TJ Watt to be able to do some things. Minshew holds onto the ball a long time, a good bit of the time. So like this is something to me that when we're looking at pass rush has to get home, run game can't get going, and you're probably going to give up, you know, a few completions, a few maybe even big plays here or there, but you can't let it kill you, and you have to take advantage of Gardner Minshew's a bad throw. So he'll have a few here or there, um, but you really have to take advantage of that because this is a team that really, really sticks to it, and they pass the ball a ton, so they don't run the ball a ton. Um, they pass the ball about 65% of the time. Um, over those last five games, that's second most in the NFL in that span. So big mm-hmm. game for Joey Porter Jr., who I assume is probably going to be shadowing Michael Pittman. But they, they're going to need it from, you know, KZ, Minka, um, Pat Pete, Shannon Sullivan, whoever is in there. They need it all from them. Um, they can't let this group kill them through the air. And something else you'll also notice is when they run the ball early on in downs um, and they get stopped, you know, in second and nine, second and 10, second and 11, um, they pass the ball more than anybody. So they don't run the ball in second and long, um, which is a good thing to have. But Shane Steichen is very much of that analytics mold. Uh, they are aggressive. They go forward on fourth down a lot. Um, so this is going to be a, a matchup where you're going to see them play those odds a little bit. And honestly, that probably plays into Mike Tomlin's hands a little bit more. I don't know why. Against these analytically driven teams, he seems to be like better equipped um, with calls for fourth downs, for second and longs. Like he seems to know better when they have analytical tendencies. Like that's why he is usually pretty good against John Harbaugh. Um, He's Mm -hmm. usually prepared for different moments. So we'll see. Um, But that's kind of an overview of this Colts offense. It's a good unit, but turnover prone. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was very uh, – you actually answered one of the questions I was going to ask in terms of Joey Porter Jr. You know, how do you assign him? Do you have him shadow a Michael Pittman Jr.? Do you kind of just, like, let it be whoever's going to line up on that side of the field? But, okay, so say it is Michael Pittman Jr. that he sees a lot of – what do you think the plan of attack is then for Alec Pierce, for Josh Downs? Is, it, is that going to be just wherever they line up, or do you think they have plans to shadow them with other guys? Yeah, I think it's going to be lineup-based. I think you're going to have to cloud – Pierce a little bit. You're going to have to play guys in that deep third. Um, mm. You're going to have to play, in my opinion, a lot of cover two in this game. And, and I think you have to, um, to take away those explosive plays, um, to keep a lid over the top. Um, now, that didn't matter last week. Casey got beat on a deep ball anyways in cover two. So um, sometimes it doesn't matter. But I think that's what you need to do. And, and I don't think, again, I talked about there's really – I don't think they should fear – uh, the Colts running the football. So if the Colts can't get them out of the too high stuff, I think you should be able to play some cover two man, um, have Minka maybe, you know, come down a little bit, play some bu- cover three buzz, um, take away that middle of the field a little bit more. Because, again, I don't really think there's a tight end that should be able to take over this game. But, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe Mo Cox is going to catch six catches for like 80 yards and two touchdowns. So, um, I mean, that's possible. Um, but th- this should be a game where the Steelers are able to maybe n- keep them at bay. And what I mean by at bay is I don't mean that they're able to completely stop this offense. Again, it's a good group. I really like what they do out in Indy. But it's a group that I think plays into their hands a little bit in terms of 
being able to stop them in the red zone, um, mm-hmm. you know, being able to hold them to three. Like, I think that is something they can do in Indianapolis. Is it's, it's, it's not a great red zone offense. You know, they score touchdowns on their trips in the last five games, only 38% of the time. Like it's mm-hmm. not a great number. Um, that's third worst in the NFL, actually. You can guess who yeah. one of the two teams that is worse than them is. Um, <laughs> it's the Steelers. But so, like, I think we could see a lot of field goals going up in this game. Like, this could be a game where these teams accumulate a lot of yards, but only putting field goals up. Um, and I just think generally how they play, as long as the Steelers don't get beat over the top, and again, that's why you play cover two, uh, you keep them at bay a little bit. I think you should be able to hold them to three a lot more. Than not, and again, those turnovers are going to be really big. The Steelers have killed themselves in the last two games with two absolutely abysmal turnovers. Mitch's pick, and then obviously the fumble with snap that turned seven points right to the other side on those. Yeah. Um, so if they can at least just take care of the football in this one, get a turnover off Gardner Minshew, like I really think that this has a, I think it has the potential, in my opinion to really be a game where this defense, you know, maybe allows them to move the ball a little bit, but doesn't get completely cracked by it. And again, I talked about under pressure. We talked about this yesterday under pressure. Who has the second most turnover worthy plays under pressure? It's Gardner Minshew. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's in there. Um, Josh Dobbs leads the league, but you look at who he's with. It's Gardner Minshew, Sam Howell, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, that's not not names you want to be with, and yeah. he he turns he's he's gotten lucky. Uh, he's only thrown three picks, but he he is a guy that absolutely turns the ball over under pressure, and has been sacked a lot of the time. Um, so absolutely got to get to him, um, and you got to force him to make those throws because he has not been good under pressure. Um, you mentioned the linebacking group, and I think that's an interesting point. Landon Roberts going to be able to go in this one. You question, though, you know, how do they mix in beside him? Like Blake Martinez getting his feet wet last week on Thursday night against the Patriots. Of course, Michael Walker, you feel like kind of has gotten exposed here, um, asking him to play in an elevated role. Not necessarily to his fault, but they've asked him to play a much higher role, obviously, than you would have expected uh, for a guy that they just had on the practice squad not that long ago. So how do you think that they mix in the linebackers um, opposite of a Landon Roberts? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's kind of going to be interesting. Um, I think Blake Martinez is kind of due for more playing time um, the more he plays. But also it's like you don't really want him out there with the Landon Roberts because they're very similar players. So like Michael Walker needs to have a good, at least serviceable reps. Um, so I imagine it's going to be somewhat of a rotation. Um, I still think Walker's probably going to end up leading those snaps. They seem to not have any confidence in Mark Robinson to do anything. He played six right. snaps, and the first drive did not play again. Um, you look at Michael Walker, that's a guy that has really struggled, but also when Atlanta Roberts has been out there with him, it feels like he's been able to kind of tread water, um, which is mm-hmm. kind of all you need. Um, basically, all the plays that you credit to Michael Walker against the Patriots were with him being the green dot guy, um, which to me – Maybe he's just putting too much on his plate. So as long as Landon Roberts is out there, I think I feel good about Michael Walker at least being able just to be fine enough. Um, They seem to have a plan when he is out there and being able to kind of take things off Michael Walker's plate. Obviously, that is the biggest issue, and it's really 
not to anyone's fault. I don't know how you, you – you just can't sustain. I mean, they're down to like their fourth-string linebackers. It's hard to sustain this level of play um, when you lose Quan Alexander Cole Hol- Holcomb for the year in back-to-back weeks. I think that was the big thing, too. You know, they lost him back-to-back. Like, I, you mm-hmm. know, they didn't even get any grace time to, like, get Michael Walker assimilated into the unit. So he kind of just had to go in there and kind of just, yeah. you know, head on, swim up upstream. So I, I guess we'll see, man. They, they, that's going to be a big thing, too. Can they can they mask him? Um, they found ways to do it. Um, they masked him a good bit in the second half against New England um, when Orlando Roberts played a lot more, took him off of sub packages. Um, so I think they're going to be able to do that as long as, you know, Roberts is healthy and everything. But that's going to be a big point of emphasis. You know, you know that they're going to go right at him. Like that is exactly what teams do. They really identify three guys every game, and it's been Michael Walker, Demonte Casey, and Shannon Sullivan, and they just go at him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick, uh, we've probably touched on what some of these things could be throughout the course of talking about, uh, you know, how the Colts' offense matches up against this defense and stuff. But I want to get into some tease of the game and then do predictions because we do have a couple questions that we want to get to, and we always save those for the end. Um, so, what are your keys to this game? I don't know if you've like a set number or anything like that. We've talked about obviously needing to get the running game going, stopping Zach Moss on the opposite side of that early. But, like, what do you view as, like, these things need to happen in order for the Steelers to secure a W? Yeah, three things that we haven't talked about. Obviously, I think the running game is the biggest one. I think, first of all, getting just below average quarterback play. That's all they need, below average. Like, like you think if you thought Kenny Pickett was bad this year, and he has been bad at at points, and he's been better at some, Mitch Trubisky was like on a whole nother level of bad. That is the worst game we have seen played by a Steelers quarterback that year, this year against the Patriots. And, but when Mike Tomlin said he got better as the game went on, I was like, yeah, it's kind of hard not to um, when he was so bad in the first half. Low, low bar. Yeah. But like, you know, I, we were talking, I was talking with Derek Bell this week and he was like, he was still terrible. And, and you watch that tape and he was missing guys open. Um, you know, they easily probably should have come back in that game. There were guys streaking open that second half. Uh, he played one of the worst games of NFL quarterback we've seen this year. Um, he was bad in that game. Only was lucky he only threw one pick too. Um, like that yes. that pass interference where you know George Pickens got held and like that mm-hmm. ball was getting picked no matter what. They got bailed out by a penalty. Um, it was either getting picked off by the corner or the safety was creeping down and going to decapitate Pickens. Like that that was going to happen either way. So they got mm-hmm. bailed out on that. Um, like. They need better quarterback play, whoever it is. I would not be surprised if in this game, I don't even if they're like up like three to like six to three, and Mitch is just throwing all over the place, nearly throwing picks. Like, I would not be surprised if we come out of halftime and see Rudolph play. I don't think he's got to have a big leash. Like, that's just something I'm kind of getting. I don't think Trubisky's going to have a big leash in this one at all. Um, okay. I just like they just need someone to take care of the football at game manage, right. Like, at some yeah. level, like I, I literally said this, like if they had like literally if they had Jacoby Brissett, who is not a starting level quarterback in this league, but is just the guy that just goes what the system tells him to do, gets the ball where it needs to go. Like they are swimming to the playoffs right now. If they had mm-hmm. what, if like if they got what the Browns are getting out of Joe Flacco right now, like the Steelers are nine and four and easily going to the playoffs like. I think Kenny Pickett might like I I I'm this is probably gonna be a take like a lot of people won't agree with. Like I think Kenny Pickett might have him at nine or four. Like 
I know Pickett has struggled and everything, but like he has way more highs and has more consistency in terms of taking care of the football. That's why they've been able to win games even with Pickett not moving the ball because he takes care of it. Mitch is too volatile, um, doesn't make the right reads. So when you have even high variance play, like the variance doesn't have enough highs to justify the disgustingly low loads. So I think mm-hmm. that's key number one. Like Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, whoever ends up kind of quarterback most of this game, just needs to give them something, like give them decent um, – something to bite into. I mean, they could not function as a passing offense against the Patriots. And also when they face cover three, only 24 passing yards. Um, and this is obviously a mainly cover three defense they are facing. Um, Eric had yes. that stat from Sports Info Solutions today. So something to watch there. I think second, uh, the biggest thing to me is they need to get turnovers. They need to get turnovers on defense. Um, this is a we 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 have been talking about that. They've been lacking some splash recently on defense a little bit more. Got the pick last week uh, against Bailey Zappi. Um, but the splash has been a little bit more harder come by recently the d line hasn't played as well as they should have i think a lot of that is because the Steelers have been running watt and highsmith into the ground uh, i would like to see them use high uh herbig more i would like to see them make marcus golden active this week even if uh, i know kyron johnson is coming up but i feel like you need what marcus golden brings um so i would like to see them rotate that more um, get these guys home a little bit um, they are disgustingly bad in four-man rushes this year. Um, you look at the stats, they are one of the worst four-man rushing teams in the NFL. Not because of the talents, because the schematics are allowing them to do that. Um, teams are max protecting, knowing they can beat the secondary. Um, so that is something. This offense um, for the Colts is good enough to beat them if they hold them long enough. They cannot cover these receivers all day. It's, it's too good of a unit. Um, if the Patriots were able to do it, the Colts definitely can. So they're going to have to get home on Minshew, get him under pressure. I would send some blitzes. I would send five-man fronts more. Um, I would do all of that more, trying to confuse him, get him into to kind of chaotic areas and chaotic zones, um, get a pick, get a, get a fumble, whatever it might be. I think like this could be a game where they get two or more turnovers. Like, this is you. It's mm-hmm. like Jordan Love, right? Where you know he's a young, nice young quarterback that seems to be ascending. It's like Matt Stafford. Like Pitt, the Steelers won those games because they were able to get turnovers in those games. Um, this could be another game I think where they do that. Then I think third, and, and this one to me is very underrated when we're talking about problems that they are having. And third to me is you need to be, in my opinion, prepared to win the field position battle. They are losing the field position battle disgustingly bad the past four or five weeks. They are constantly yeah. putting – the offense has been able to move the ball 30-ish yards, but they start at their own 10. Like, so mm-hmm. even when these teams get field goals against them, they're only having to go from like the 35-40. So the Steelers' defense is having to defend short fields and allowing field goals in that way. But it feels like the offense has to go 50 or 60 yards just to get in the field goal range. I think that's been a big thing. The punting game has been a disaster. Um, in terms of Presley Harvard hasn't been there. Uh, their kick return and kick coverage units have been really bad. Um, like it has been really bad in terms of the field position stuff. So I would like to see them if they can win that and they can get the offense, you know, starting at the 35, mm-hmm. like they, that off the Steelers offense can run for 30 yards and get to boss field goal range. 
So I think that's another thing. Win the field position battle. Um, because I think you're going to have to play some control ball in this one. Yeah, I, honestly, the turnovers is obviously always going to be a one. Th one thing that came to mind that you didn't mention for me is I think they got to have these wide receivers invested in the football game early. Um, you know, like I'm not saying that these are guys that lack self-motivation or anything like that, but I just think that you got to keep them invested in the football game, whether it's getting them just like design touches early in this thing or, or whatever that looks like. Um, just having them have a role early to stay invested in this football game. And I'm talking about both of them. I'm talking about Deontay and George uh, when I say that. Yeah, I think it's interesting because we, we talked about how much of those frustrations bleed over into games. Mm -hmm. I think that's the issue. It's not productive to not try on routes. It's not productive to sit there and sulk and not talk to anybody. Like you have to communicate. So I think that's a big thing. And one of those ways is to draw up the place for them. 100%. Draw up plays for them. Get them to their strengths. I wrote about this today. They are not using George Pickens like he needs to be used. Someone's like, you know what, in response to his uh, short yards comment where he was talking about the short routes on five or three yards, like, mm -hmm. well, Debo Samuel does that. I'm like, he's not Debo Samuel, though. Like, he's not a stop-start. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> not a stop-start receiver that wins through suddenness, through breaking tackles. His yak primarily comes on plays where he is on the move and catching and using his speed already, and he wins down the football field. He separates down the football field. That is what he's used. And, like, the Steelers' scouting of their own personnel has been so bad this year in terms of how to use them. Pat Frymuth should not be blocking edge rushers. Stop asking him to block edge rushers. He's not a good blocking tight end. He is a slot guy. Like, that is something that you have to account for. This op everyone's like saying this offense isn't that good. Guys, you guys were saying last year Kevin Dotson wasn't that good. He wasn't playing his natural spot. The Rams moved him to right guard, which is where he naturally played for years, and now he's playing like he might go to a Pro Bowl this year. Like that, yeah. like Kevin Dotson was always a solid player. You saw that in 2020 when they actually used him at right guard, and that mm -hmm. was suddenly uh the big thing. Um, that that is like that to me is a big part of why this offense struggles as much as they do. They don't utilize the guys in the right way. They try to make everyone like Deontay Johnson, and then they make Deontay the only three level threat in the offense. And so it it completely nukes whatever ability they have. They use Najee Harris on tosses outside instead of using him as the downhill runner that he is on the gap concepts. Like all of this stuff. Um, is disgustingly bad. Um, it, it really is a big part of it. So how do you get these receivers involved? You use them to their strengths. You use Deontay Johnson underneath. You get him on the move, allow him to use his yak skills, and then you hit a shot over the top to George Pickens. That opening drive against the Cardinals is a good example of how you can do that. So I, I think if they can get a, get a good start with those guys, and these corners like for, for – the Colts are like solid. Kenny Moore, I love, love that guy. Um, you know, but they have Juju Brents, who is a rookie, real long, has great tools, but has not played a lot this year. He's been hurt. Jalen yep. Jones is a nice player, but again, a rookie. Like there are going to be opportunities here to make plays, and and so I would like to see them let let these guys kind of make those plays early on, and then let's see if they can do it. Yeah, I, I I can't agree more. I mean, you, you've touched on it there, obviously, but the way that these guys have been misused has then in turn kind of had fans misconstrue the talent that they're watching in these guys. And it's 
it's got to be very frustrating for these guys. And obviously we've seen those frustrations boil over and, and Nick, the frustration boiling over to the fan base as well. I put out a, a post on X asking for questions and everybody, all the people that have responded to this don't even want to talk about this game on Saturday. Don't even want to talk about the rest of the Steelers season. Everything is in response to the off season and things that, they can, that we can do following this season to upgrade the team for 2024, 2025, um, which is interesting. But at the same time, I mean, I guess I get it. Like where I guess we're at that point where there's such a bad taste that a lot of people are just ready for this season to be over and thinking about how we can improve the roster. Um, I'll save my favorite one here and I what I feel like could be the longest part of this last. We touched a little bit on the special teams aspect and how the Steelers just haven't been very good in that area. Um, Christo says, do we think the Steelers are finally going to move on from Presley Harvin after this year? He can't seem to find any rhythm. He's been so inconsistent. His whole career seems like finally will be the time. Yeah, I think it's, it is going to be time, um, unfortunately. He just has not given them consistency. They're consistently losing the position field. Uh, I told you that like the field position battle has consistently been lost this year, largely due to his poor punts, which puts them in tough spots. Like even if the defense gets a stop, you know, we've seen offenses at the 40 yard line, then they get punted into the five. Like that, that is, that has direct ricochets. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they have not been able to find consistent punting from him for whatever reason. So I would imagine this is the off season that they move on. Maybe they sign a punter, um, bring in some competition, um, I just I just don't know how you can continue to run it back with a guy that has proven to be unreliable for, you know, three straight years now. Does it surprise you that he was given this year as well? I mean, they brought in Braden Mann. I thought that he was, you know, okay in the offseason. He obviously found work elsewhere with Philadelphia since then. But like, did it surprise you that he was even given the job this year? Um, no, it was not. I, I kind of figured they would. Braden Mann was not very good. Um, in camp, you, you think Harvin legitimately won the job this this past one hundred percent. He he was way okay. better than Braden Man, but I've seen that a lot. Like he is like one of those guys that generally ends up being a decent player um, mm-hmm. in kind of training camp where he really puts in some boots, and then when we get to the actual season, um, it has not been uh, there. So yeah. like you look at it, man, but like you look at like where the Steelers are in terms of just net yards per punt. I mean, they are 26th right now in that metric, only 39.7 in that metric. So definitely something to watch and Presley Harvin certainly bears most of that responsibility. Yeah. Um, Another thing here, maybe a potential upgrade here. What do you think the Steelers should do at strong safety this off season? Feel like KZ, I, I don't know if only they, they said feel like KZ has sucked this year. Um, the, the thing that's interesting about KZ for me before you answer, Nick, is I did think he was struggling early on. It's weird that to me that at least in my opinion, he played his best football with Minka Fitzpatrick out. Like, why would that be the case? I don't know if you share that opinion just for me. I thought that he was playing better without him. Um, you know, when Trent Thompson was in there and some of these other guys, maybe it was just him taking on a different role, more of a role. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't think Casey's necessarily been very good this year, or at least consistent. Yeah, no, he's been pretty bad. Um, that second touchdown, um, that Hunter Henry had should have been a pick. We talked about that, but you actually go back to his first touchdown too. And everyone was blaming Michael Walker for that, but you watch it again and Casey just completely vacates the zone. Like that is on him. It is not on Michael Walker. He's expecting help from Casey and Casey just goes mm-hmm. like the wrong way and wide open touchdown. Um, so he's been really bad. Um, 
I don't I think he might be one of those guys that is a good depth piece for them, but they're paying him what three mil. Um, I don't know if that's gonna be worth it. Um and Keanu Neal hasn't done much better either when he's been out there. Like the strong safety position, I, I, I could have told you going into the year this was gonna be a problem, but I didn't expect Casey to be this bad. Um I don't know why he's been so much worse with Mink. I think that's an interesting thing. They don't really ask him to do a lot different. He plays more center field um, with Minka in there because they, they move Minka around a lot. But I don't know, maybe playing next to Joey was a little bit of a help whenever they were able to mm. do that when you know you have the best corner on the team to your side. But I don't know, man. It's very possible to me that they move on from both of these guys after this year. We're, we're talking about Casey and Neil. Like, I feel like you have a natural third safety already in Trenton Thompson. I think you have a guy that you can at least trust to be, you know, a depth player there. And you don't have to draft one. Like, there are tons of cheap, good free agent safeties every single year <laughs> out there on the market. Terrell Edmonds is going to be out there again if you really want him. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what the safety market looks like. Like, let me just see what, like, who is going to be out there this offseason. Um, it's typically not an expensive position to add to, to your there's point. That's kind of what I was thinking too. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of guys out there um, talking about, you know, more expensive guys like Buddha and Micah Hyde, but Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, Jordan Whitehead, Chuck Clark, J Ron curse, um, Xavier McKinney, Kyle Duggar, um, Terrell Evans, Antoine Winfield, Taylor Rapp, Deshaun Elliott, Geno Stone, like. Jeez. Yeah. There's. Jeremy Chin, Ashton Davis, like Julian Blackman. Um, there are so many names, and some of wow. those are better than the others, but like, yeah, those are so many names that they can have for cheaper and just add to that room. Um, I think they'll be fine there as long as they can find two, one or two guys to fill in there. And again, I think they have a, a interesting future piece in Trenton Thompson, who I think has still played decently well, even with Minka in mm-hmm. there. In fact, I would like to see Trenton Thompson play more, but I don't know if that'll happen. But we're talking the offseason. That should be a free agency position to me. Too many yeah. other needs I would want to address in the draft before I would draft the safety early. And it's a fine safety class from what I'm hearing. I haven't watched the safety class, of course, but I don't think like it is a elite safety class in the draft. So it's a good, it's a good uh, free agency class. So I would go sign one. Yeah, that, that was a ton of names that you just rattled off right there. And interestingly enough, with the draft, somebody, the last question here from my guy, Jake Shavink, also go follow him. He does really good stuff over on his channel and stuff. But he uh, he asked, roll with Kenny Pickett, or should they have the opportunity, do they upgrade, upgrade potentially, and go with Jaden Daniels out of LSU coming off his Heisman season? Interesting question. I think they have to bring someone in. I, th- I don't think you can make Pickett the unquestioned star, but if you draft a guy in the first round, I think you're essentially saying Pickett's career is over. He has been Zach Wilson, um, one of the two. Um, I don't know, man. Jaden Daniels is interesting. He's a completely different quarterback from what they've ever drafted, ever really been interested in. Um, yeah. His frame is going to scare them, I think. Um, Steelers have drafted outliers at other positions though, like Nick Herbig and Alex Highsmith. They are like always on the cutting edge of these, like the positions they draft very well. They always are on the cutting edge of, um, like Javon Hargrave before the nose tackle three tech was a thing. Keanu Benton is now that again. Um, 
they are kind of ahead of the curve by adding a ton of length at corner. I think that's the thing. And a lot of teams have been coveting that recently. Um, I don't know if they do the same at quarterback, um, but I could definitely see Jay Daniels running into injury issues in his career. I do think that's a legit concern. He is so light. I think he's lighter. I think he's listed like 215 or something. I think he might even be lighter than that. I like him, though. He's an interesting player. Uh, can win from the pocket. I think that is like a really cool thing about him is that he's a great scrambler and dynamic with his legs, but he wins from the pocket. So he that is one thing that for me, when I'm looking at who the Steelers will add, I want someone that wins from the pocket and is able to, you know, kind of read defenses and get the ball where it needs to go. Like Daniels has a very good um, point guard type guy. Doesn't have an electric arm, but has enough arm. Um, can kind of get a little inaccurate down the field. Um, has some weird misses at times, but he's dynamic with his legs and can win from the pocket. So I can live with that. Um, reminds me a lot of like how a guy, like when we were talking when Kenny Pickett was coming out, like how he couldn't win in the pocket, um, had trouble doing all that. Like he has a lot of different strengths that Kenny didn't have in that regard. So mm-hmm. I can see why. Um, if he is there, assuming they're picking at like 20, I mean, I would probably take him because there's no way he's going to be there 20. Um, so I would probably take him at that point. But if we're talking like a trade up, um, I don't really know. I haven't watched enough Jaden Daniels yet to like hop on that train so hard. Um, but definitely if the right guy came along, maybe that is Jaden Daniels. I'm just going to do like an insert name. Came along in their spot, and and you know you thought he could be the guy. Like absolutely, you gotta take um, yeah. me. Same thing with the trade. You know, if a guy like I don't know Kyler Murray became available, I would definitely be going after him. Um, you know, someone like that. Um, so I would definitely be looking into it. I think what they're gonna do is do a mid ground, um, which is Michael Pratt. Yeah, someone like Michael that. Pratt gonna go too high. I mean that Michael Pratt Michael could be a rising class. Um, Michael Penix, um, someone in that mid-round range that I think is a little different. I also think I think we're going to see a, a an overhaul of the quarterback room. Like I do not expect Mitch Trubisky to be back. Um, they can cut him this offseason. Rudolph is a free agent. Um, maybe bring in a veteran um, backup that you can kind of have as – that guy, maybe you know, a Josh Dobbs comes back. Um, could happen. Yeah. Um, Jacoby Brissett comes in, like to Rod Taylor, um, just someone that is a vet that kind of knows what they're doing. Um, I could see coming in. So we'll see. Yeah. I think I would definitely be looking into um things that could definitely upgrade them, and that means kind of you know, not giving Kenny Pickett the starting job next year. I would be okay with that if Jane Daniels is that guy. Again, I don't I haven't like watched him enough to know if I'm on that boat yet. Um right. if it, like specifically with Jane Daniels, I am on board with getting a quarterback that is an upgrade because this is a win now roster on defense. Like this defense is not yeah. getting younger. Cam's 35, TJ's gonna be 30, Mick is gonna be 28. Like all these guys are getting older. Um, so mm-hmm. it is a win now roster on that defense. So if you get a guy that can come in and really upgrade that spot, I would do it. But I expect them um to do a mid ground, which is probably uh, bringing a veteran and and make a mid round draft pick and let Kenny Pickett compete for that job next year. 
Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. This question, I at least took it as would we. Now, the thing is, I don't think that the Steelers would. But, like, no. would we look into it? Sure. I just don't think that's on the table for the organization to do. What you said is what I could see the organization doing. Yeah, I could, like, again, I don't know if the org is going to be, like, head over heels for anybody when they're picking a 22. There's really nobody in that draft slot to me that is going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. Jane Nielsen is probably going to go earlier. Drake May and Caleb Williams are going to be long gone. So you're talking about like JJ McCarthy. And I don't know. I'm not, I, I mean, McCarthy's a cool player, but like, are they going to be so, so enamored with JJ McCarthy to the point where they're going to be like making him the next quarterback? Like, I don't think so. Right. Um, and I think that there's going to be enough meat on the bone for them with Kenny Pickett where, you know, they're going to want to see him with another offensive coordinator. They're going to mm-hmm. want to see him there where they're going to be able to talk themselves into at least considering him for the starting job. Again, I don't if, if we're going to say what they will do, um, I, I don't think they are going to drastically just throw Kenny Pickett to the street. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think he won't come in as the unquestioned starter. What I would do is I'd be looking for a guy that can come in and help me win now, help me win next year. Um, so whoever that may be, um, I would definitely be looking into that. I technically probably would lean towards a vet quarterback in that case. Um, mm-hmm. But we have no idea who's going to be available. Um, obviously, the rumblings with Justin Fields have been kind of big, but I'm not sure. Probably an upgrade, but like, is he an upgrade to the point where it's like, Oh, there's they're winners right now. They're doing all this. Like, I'm not sure about that. Um, so we'll see. Sure. But I I would definitely be looking for a guy to come in and be that that alpha quarterback and help this team win. Because again, they only have so many years left of some of these guys. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and last thing, Nick, before we got here, I just realized while we were talking to those keys of the game and stuff, we didn't give predictions. So how do you think tomorrow's game against the Colts goes? Yeah, I, I told you yesterday, I think this is a classic game. Mike Tomlin up against the wall. No one expecting him to win. I think they win. I do. I it is a classic game where they mm-hmm. pull the rabbit out of the hat and it is out of nowhere. So I'm gonna take them to win this game twenty to seventeen. That's um, funny. I was thinking like a weird score. So like in my head I have nineteen seventeen. I think there's gonna be okay. a lot of field goals. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, I just I think Minshew is like the perfect quarterback to face right now, like a highly volatile, turnover prone quarterback mm-hmm. with an offensive line that is getting beat by a lot of a lot of better D lines right now. And the Steelers have a better D line than most of the teams they faced recently. Like it is a group that is prone to being beat by the Steelers. They allow a lot of yards on the ground. Like the Steelers can probably move the ball well on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think the way they easily lose this game is they get terrible quarterback play, which is completely okay. But I'm I'm going to go out on the very big limb. That is, this is a bold prediction, honestly, that they're going to get just subpar quarterback play, and they're going to be able to scoot by the skin of their teeth and win this one, the twenty to seventeen. There we go. All right, Nick, tell the people where they can find you, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, you can follow me at Fairbot FB on X. Uh, make sure to check out more at SteelersNow.com, and of course subscribe to the Steelers Now YouTube channel. There it is. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment down below, whether it's a comment about anything that we talked about or a question when we come back after the weekend, hopefully coming off a Steelers W over the Colts. Uh, I'm, You know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it's going to be Alan Saunders and myself because who in the world knows who's going to be here on Monday when you guys click on the screen. But uh, leave- 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just a five-star review if you were listening somewhere else. For Nick Faribault, for myself, thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. 